With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Uh, your SEC Insider Hit today is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Saving favorites.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. And we are the Out of Bounds Show. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Steve Robertson joins us on the Dosecki guest line. Uh, Mississippi State with a big, big road win in the rivalry game. Mike Leach had dropped two uh, games to Lane Kiffin. MSU wins 24-22. The defense was unbelievable. The running game in the second half uh, for Mississippi State was outstanding. And then there were some other crazy plays in the game. And so we welcome in Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Jeans Page, on the show. Steve, do you think, does this... uh, kind of changed the status for Leach within the fan base. There felt like there was some fatigue and apathy setting in. What do you think? Yeah, I think in some respects it does. You know, there, there were a lot of people that were still kind of fence sitters. And, uh, you know, let's be honest, a lot of this angst and maybe acrimony of the last few weeks has been the fear of losing the egg again. You know, to three straight. I mean, it's one of those things that I guess there's only been one coach in history that's, that's lost three consecutive egg bowls and, uh, Ultimately, he was fired, you know, and that was uh, Slick Morton. But you know, I think there are a lot of people out there. Now you've got the egg back. You, you've improved your regular season record from a year ago with a more difficult schedule. And I think people think that this program took a step forward. Maybe not as big a stride forward as maybe many had hoped, but certainly moving in the right direction. Uh, talk about how Will Rogers uh, did not play well, and yet they found enough – on the ground in the second half, and the defense was unbelievable tackling in space and so on and pressuring Dart. Uh, If I would have told you that Will Rogers was not going to play well and Mississippi State was still going to win, what would you have said on Thursday afternoon? 
I probably would have been very surprised. And I think in the end, the defense played without a doubt one of its best games of the year, and special teams was so huge. I thought George Jaropoulos had his best game in the uniform because punting's been a bit of an adventure this year. But uh, the defense and special teams kept State in the game until the offense kind of figured it out. And, yeah, Will didn't play well, and he'll tell you the same. But uh, there was that huge drive right before the half. It was really a game changer for State. Because you go down, you know, two scores at the break, you know, even though you've got the ball coming out at the end of the half, you know, you begin to think this thing may get away from us. But that, that drive and then that, that pass to uh, to Tulu there to to pull within two points right before the break, I thought was very significant. And I think a lot of that is Will Rogers just kind of willing that team into the end zone. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing to look back at hindsight and see how bad the offense was in the middle portion of the game. But you still found a way to win. Uh, there's several MVPs, Tulu Griffin recovering the fumble, Arnett in the defense, the offensive line in the second half. You mentioned field position. Uh, you kind of feel like uh, Ole Miss kind of finds them their, themselves in better field position a lot more than MSU, and you're right, uh, MSU won that battle. Where would you go out of the ones that I just listed? You know, that, that's a good question. I think I might go with uh, probably with Buki Watson or the linebacker core for as well as they played the run and fitting gaps and kind of getting Judkins before he really got going. And even though he did have a decent game, not what many people expected. I think a lot of people really thought he would have a huge game uh, were they holding 91 yards, I think, is what it was. But uh, the, the play, and, and you mentioned it, Bo, of Tulu Griffin diving and taking that fumble away from Otis Reese. Otis Reese is trying to measure his steps there and scoop and score, which is what you're taught to do. And Tulu Griffin just dives in there and takes it away and gives State an opportunity to punt. We'll probably be having a different conversation today if he didn't make that play. Steve Robertson on the Dusecki guest line. Uh, Mississippi State won the Golden Egg game. So what uh where where does this go? What what do they need to do in the next what do they have? Three weeks before signing day, Steve? Yeah, thereabouts. I mean, yeah, they they've got a they gotta close and you know, they can get on the road here in a few days, you know, and that's gonna be a big part of things too. There's there's still some battles out there that are still very much up for grabs, like Isaac Smith and State has got to get some safeties in this class. And Isaac Smith's a guy that's probably college ready right now. And while he may not be a starter as a freshman, you you feel like that he would contribute as a freshman. I think he is a future NFL guy, provided he stays healthy and works hard. But you know, he picked up an offensive line commitment over the weekend. I think they'll They'll be offensive and defensive line heavy, and certainly you've got to get some names there in the secondary to kind of close this thing out between now and National Signing Day. Uh, as well as the defense played, and they did, you mentioned Watson, among others, who were unbelievable. Um, where are you on the offense? How does the offense get better? They're, this is the end of year three, and really the game is all – driven and predicated on explosive plays, pushing the ball down the field, uh, and yet they're not generating explosive plays like they should be, I guess. W what do you make of that? Well, I think a lot of it is just kind of the maturation of the scheme, you know, within the current roster. Uh, you know, last year all the talk was drop eight, drop eight, drop eight. Well, then this year you add that element of the running game as Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks. Uh, combined to go over a thousand yards this year, and I think that was kind of a magic number. If they needed to do that, 
so as a result, people began to, to defend state a little bit differently. And, and where they struggled is when you have elite corners, when you when you don't have to play a lot of zone coverage, when you can man it up outside outside the numbers, it allows them to bring more pressure. And I think well, Rogers saw a completely different approach this year than he did a year ago. And at times he handled it well, and other times he didn't. I think that's part of his development too. Now that he's seen it with a little more regularity, he'll have time to kind of work on it and prepare. And next year could be a completely different year. And, and with eight home games next year and all four of the road games within the league being manageable, being potentially toss-ups, and, and of course that trip to Columbia, South Carolina, that looked to be quite as easy as it did at, at the beginning of the year, you know, it could you could have a special year next year at Mississippi State. You could have potentially a 10-win regular season next year if things go well. So I think that's really the, the, the challenge now is, you know, how do you take what everybody did against you this year and be better for it next year so it's not a repetitive process? Uh, what do you make of Zach Arnett? People, you know, he may get some looks, but also he has told a lot of people in and outside the program how much he enjoys the autonomy that Leach gives him and the fact that he gets to run the defense. How do you see that playing out? Well, at some point he is going to leave. You know, I mean, it, it, that's just kind of how things work. And he's a young, very aggressive and ambitious coach. And so he will get some looks. And uh, I won't be surprised if Auburn doesn't take a look at him just because of the fact John Cohen's such a huge Zach Arnett fan. You'd certainly hate to see that. But uh, he, he will get some phone calls. I don't think there's any question. But, you know, he has shared many times, even off the record, about how much he and his family enjoy living in Starkville. They, they enjoy the working relationship they have with the coaching staff and the fact that it's a great place to raise a family. And, and for the reasons you mentioned, too, Mike Leach lets him run his scheme the way he wants to run his scheme. And that's not always the case around the country. And so I don't think that he's in the mix to be a you know maybe a G5 head coach this year. I think maybe he's probably got to leave Mississippi State at some point and do it. It may be at, a, at, a, at another job uh, before that happens. But I do think Mississippi State's going to have to work hard to keep him this year. Uh, and of course, they rolled him over, and he did a multi-year contract. And John Cohen was very aggressive about that when he was the director of athletics at Mississippi State. So I think Zach Arnett showed this year at times that you know he can be an elite play caller. I mean, you can look at the Alabama and the Georgia games. You say, well, you know, the score of those games weren't, you know, truly indicative of how well the defense played, and that's true. You didn't always get much help from the offense. But Zach Arnett's group was always ready to play, and, and they, there was a time they were a little bit inconsistent uh, against the run. But I think down the stretch they figured some things out. And listen, who knew in the preseason that Bookie Watson would lead the Southeastern Conference in tackles at the end of the year? That's pretty remarkable. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, who, who would you. Who do you think is the MVP 
of the offense from Thursday night? I mean, a lot of people would go with the offensive line, but if you went individual player, would you go Dylan Johnson or someone else? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And, uh, you know, I might go Woody Marks just because there were a couple of big plays late, especially. And give Ole Miss a lot of credit, too, for how physical they are on defense. But when they when they hit you, they hit you. You know, it's not a finesse defense. And that hadn't always been the case up there. But there were some really hard runs where Woody Marks had to bounce off first contact and move the chains. And I thought that he had a real determination on Thursday to win that football game. And I think that really showed. So you could go either way with DJ or, or Woody. But I'm probably going with Woody just because of the fact that uh, a lot of his carries were those – you know, four- and five-yard variety that probably are one- and two-yard gains under most situations. But he just had a will to win and battle through contact and kept the chains moving. How about Jaden Wally at wide receiver who had three big catches, five total, but uh, had kind of disappeared the last year or so? Yeah, and he has not had the year we had hoped. I, I really I projected him to be state's leading receiver this year, and, and, and he wasn't. But uh, there were a couple of sight reads there against Ole Miss where he recognizes the blitz and he uncovers and kind of runs to the area vacated by the blitzer. And there were a couple of big third down plays where he and Will are on the same page. Will immediately goes to him while he's moving the sticks. And you know he's got some explosiveness about him. And I, I still think that there's a lot left in the tank for him uh, and maybe it's a matter of trying to find a way to get him more involved in the offense. And, you know, his drops have been an issue. But I think down the stretch, he caught the football with, with much better, uh, you know, conviction and didn't have those big drops. You know, he had a couple of really big drops against LSU. But second half of the season, he kind of cleaned those things up. And, again, I think there's more in the tank for him, too. Um, Makai Polk and Jerry Ely, among others, left early and went undrafted. Uh, we're seeing more and more of that because handlers, you know, third-party flesh peddlers get to these guys and convince them they'll be a fourth or fifth round pick, sixth round pick. And the guaranteed money is insane now, as you know, Steve. I think when I started doing this show, the rookie minimum was 200000 I think it's eight hundred and fifty dollars uh, coming up. Uh, so I get it. If you make the roster, that's holy smokes. Marks and Dylan Johnson. I, I don't think they're NFL players or should go do you think how concerned should the offensive staff who kind of went to sleep last year when Makai Polk went out to California for the holidays how concerned should they be with uh Marks and Dylan Johnson I wouldn't say I'd be overly concerned but yeah it, it is an issue and I think that's one of the things you know, you're still recruiting your players you know it's whether you're recruiting to not go in a transfer portal or you're recruiting to not go pro or whatever yeah, you know, I, I don't think either one of those guys are ready. And, again, I think there's more left for them to do to kind of prove their worthiness as an NFL prospect. I know Dylan Johnson, of course, has a young son, and that's something he has to consider. Uh, but I believe both of those guys would benefit from coming back for another year. And I think when you look at the development and just kind of the maturation of them as football players, I mean, they're probably where you want them to be, but there's still some uh, some room for improvement there. And I think there's a lot more production as teams begin to kind of – you know shift the way they want to defend against Mississippi State. I think there's some opportunities like you saw with Woody Marks here down the stretch where I thought he ran really hard between the tackles. And maybe that's not something that he did as well last year. I think this year he proved to be a much more rugged runner in the box. And uh, I know that's attractive. And the fact that he can catch passes out of the backfield in today's NFL is, is a premium skill set. Uh, but they, they've got left. They've got a lot left to prove, I think. And uh, oh, no what doubt. you want to do, though, do you – 
you want to avoid a Beniquez Brown type situation. You want to avoid a Makai Polk situation. And you got to be honest with them. And I thought Steve Spurrier Jr. was honest with Makai last year, and he took a lot of heat for going public with some of that. But in the end, you know, Makai didn't get drafted. And, and I don't think you look at that and say, hey, I was right. But you use it as a cautionary tale because those guys know Makai. They understand. And Makai eventually makes a practice squad and is ultimately released. Could you imagine – what he could have done this year and what that would have done to Mississippi State this year to have Makai pulled back. I mean, a guy that can, that can get you 100 catches. And State lacked that bell cow receiver this year, but you know, Mississippi State and Makai Polk both would have benefited this year with another season. And so I think you use that, these guys, and say, hey, listen, let's not be a sucker for the quick reward. Let's come back and work hard and, and put ourselves in a position next year to make even more money. Do you think that the offensive staff especially understands uh, that they'll have to – Re uh retain, recruit players like Tulu, Ra Ra, and Xavion Thomas, and some others. Do you think that's I do they and very clearly understand that? I, I do, and I think part of it too is um, you know the, the the change in the NCAA calendar too. Like you have you have more time now to do all these exit interviews and things like that before you get on the road. You know, used to you know the egg ball would happen on Saturday and then Sunday morning you know, you're in church watching, you know, a kid sing in a choir or whatever. I mean, it's like it was an immediate type deal where you transition from coach to full-time recruiter. Well, now there's a little bit of a buffer period in there where you can kind of see where guys' heads are. You can have an opportunity to share with them. This is our vision for you. Uh, we don't think you're going to play here. Maybe perhaps you should pursue the portal. Uh, you get a chance to have those meetings, whereas in the past you didn't. Maybe you had to do it on the road or on your cell phone while you were going from one recruiting stop to the next. And so I think they understand that, and I think it gives them both on both sides of this issue a chance to kind of sit down and have an understanding of where everybody's head is. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, what did you make of... Did you hear the, the audio um, from Leach and Kiffin? When they shook hands? I did not. Okay, this is hilarious, Steve. All right, you know how we've gone through this whole thing with Cheryl and Brewer, Cheryl and Tuberville, Mullen and Freeze, you know, all that, right? And, and it would 
Right. You, you know, the, you've been in the thick of it. You know the drill. Uh, when when they met at midfield, um, Mike said, maybe we'll see each other in Florida. And, and uh, maybe they'll get off of you a little bit. I mean, can you believe, you know, two coaches meeting at center it, at midfield after a very hotly contested competitive golden egg game. And Mike says, maybe we'll see each other in Florida. How funny is that? It is funny. Um, yeah. The thing that's so interesting to me is like, uh, you know, and we've had these carpet baggers like Hugh Kellenberger that show up in Mississippi and, and want to <laughs> tell everybody how to act, you know, uh, like, oh, it's, you guys, it's, it's more toxic than ever. And it's like, I remind people, in 1905, when State and Ole Miss played in Jackson for the very first time, Ole Miss's football coach had quit before the season. They barely had the practice and played two games and didn't score in either game. And State wins 11 nothing. And they have a full military parade funeral for the Ole Miss athletic spirit down Capitol Street in Jackson. And, of course, in 1926, you had the big fight. You know, and the, you know our grand- grandfathers were out there swinging chairs at each other, but all these other people show up and say, Oh, I wish, you know, it, it's gotten so bad lately. It's always been bad. I think in many respects, it's probably better than it has been historically. And, and uh, of course, a few years ago, it was very, uh, dare I use the word toxic, but uh, you know, the reality <laughs> of it is, is it, it is a rivalry game. And it's not something that is only observed on Thanksgiving. I mean, in many respects, we're playing the Egg Bowl 365 days a year. And I think most people get it. And while they don't like the other team, you know, they don't, they don't take it too far. But there are a few out there on lunatic fringe that do. But it's, it, it, this is not a new phenomenon that State and Ole Miss don't like each other. And, and it really dates back before athletics. I mean, it was kind of the, you know, the agriculture versus culture and the, the bourgeois of Mississippi kind of looking down on the common man within the state. I mean, there was a rivalry between the population before we even had football games. And now we just have a football game uh, between – you know, two schools that represent the different ideals within this state. And it's never going to be this happy, happy, joy, joy thing that some people suggest it should be. Steve Robertson, uh, Boneyard Podcast, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports. He joins me on the Dosecki guest line. Um, what did you make of Malik Heath and the state players uh, hugging also after, after the game? Well, I think that... That, that's probably a good thing, too. Malik Heath, when he was at Mississippi State, I mean, yeah, he had some problems. He did. But to know Malik Heath is to love Malik Heath. I mean, he is a guy that always smiles. He is, um, he's a very competitive guy, and that, that, that sometimes that brings out the worst in him. Uh, but Malik Heath has a good heart, and he's got a lot of friends at Mississippi State, and so there wasn't all this, you know, acrimony or, you know, backbiting and things like that between them. And so – Malik Heath did not have the opportunity to return to Mississippi State. He had a chance to go to Ole Miss and and go up there, and he had a really big year for himself. And my hope is that he gets an opportunity to play professional football somewhere. But I don't know that there are many people on that Mississippi State football team that uh, wish Malik Heath ill. I think everybody is just happy that he had another opportunity and he made the most of it. Um, Isaac Smith the big-time safety out of Mississippi, where would this stuff can change on a dime? Where would you crystal ball him today? Well, I crystal balled him actually a couple months ago to Mississippi State. 
And I feel better about that pick today than I did when I made it. And so I, I think LSU is still in it a little bit. Ole Miss still in a little bit. Um, you know, he'll take some more official visits. He's already been out to A&M. But I like where Mississippi State sits with him right now, and I think there's a couple reasons why. Number one, I think State has recruited him harder than anybody else, and he does have a chance to have some immediate playing time as a freshman. And I don't know that those opportunities are available everywhere else. Mississippi State in the Gator Bowl, they've never played Notre Dame in football, Steve. Yeah, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be incredible. Um, and I think this past weekend's games kind of fit everything in a flux. I mean, you know, it's like, if LSU wins, they stay in the New Year Six, right? If Clemson wins, South Carolina ends up being a seven and five team. I think right now, if you're honest with yourself, there are three eight and four teams within the Southeastern Conference. If, if I'm picking bowls, my first pick is South Carolina because they have had higher highs. They have back to back top ten wins. There's a lot of enthusiasm and juice behind that program right now. And the second school for me would be Mississippi State. It's because of the fact State has ended the year with a little momentum, and they beat Ole Miss head-to-head, who's lost four of the last five. And so who is going to be more motivated to buy tickets? What's going to be South Carolina and then Mississippi State? And Ole Miss people always show up, too. I'm not in any way suggesting that. But with all the things that have happened, you know, the losing, and then, of course, you know, the flirtations of Lane Kiffin with Auburn, I think there's some people that maybe have a little bit of football fatigue right now. But I think in the, the fact that LSU loses that ball game to A&M that probably puts them in line to go to the Citrus because I don't see them beating Georgia. I guess they, they could, but uh, I think Georgia will overwhelm that offense with their defensive skill. But I think State will end up in a Florida bowl game somewhere. And, you know, you got to think there's some people telling me that South Carolina wants to go to the Gator Bowl, um, which may push State to the, uh, why would, the old Outback Bowl. Why would – I saw that. I don't, know, I don't remember if it was on your board or the other 19 that I was going through. What – why would South Carolina want to go? I mean, they're both good bowls, fun places, sunshine during the holidays, but why would they want to go to Jacksonville and the Gator Bowl over the Outback Bowl in Tampa, Steve? Did you get any read on that? Well, well from what, I, what I've surmised from all this, they have been to the Outback more than they've been to the Gator Bowl. You know, so I think there's a little bit of fatigue. Like, you look at our people, you know, we've been to the Gator Bowl, what, three times in you know, 12 years, and you start, people, oh, another trip to Jacksonville? It could be, yeah, could be, could be back in the Gator Bowl, and so I think if you look at it from that perspective, Mississippi State's been to the Outback Bowl once in its history. South Carolina, they went back to back years under Lou Holtz. I mean, so they're they're not unfamiliar with that venue. That makes sense. Uh, so I think maybe, I think a part of it is, hey, what what's a new experience? What are people? Would people really want to go buy more tickets to go to Jacksonville again? Like if you're if you're if you're the Gator Bowl, you're thinking, man, we've had the Bulldogs here an awful lot. The novelty on all this has kind of worn off a little bit. And so, and, and a lot of people don't understand how the bowl process works. A lot of people think that the bowls choose what well, only the citrus does. The league office does all the pairing behind mm-hmm. that. So I think it's, I think they'll want to make everybody happy. That will be interesting. We got to go, but if South Carolina does want to go to the Gator, and if that happens, then they would maybe get Notre Dame. So Mississippi State would miss out on playing Notre Dame for the first. And it sounds like uh, Illinois is going to the Outback. So we'll, We'll see. Uh, Steve, thanks, man. Steve Robertson, the Boneyard Podcast, 247 Sports, Gene Spage. He joined us on the Dosecki guest line. Uh, enjoy lunch today at Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland on Lake Harbor. Locally owned, amazing sandwiches and burgers. Yingling, Dosecki, among many, many other wonderful beers, including also Tito's Vodka there. 
Bulldog Burger for lunch. If you missed anything, go to Apple Podcasts. Search the Out of Bounds show with Bo Bounds. We'll see you tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.